Welcome to another chapter of In the Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherlode. This show is all about the world of arena first-person shooters, classic FPS games, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. These are the players, the developers, the streamers, the influencers. It is the will of the drowned god, Cathal, that our communities band together in her cathedral to frag and give one another into oblivion for all eternity. Y'all know the deal. Before we get started, we're going to say thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. So, Dots, Moose, Paul, Zach, Alexander, Cathala, bless each and every one of you. You have been, you know keeping this shit alive for quite a while. Uh, anybody out there who loves The Keep, you are welcome to donate for any facet that you so choose. You can go to inthekeep.com and find our Patreon, PayPal, credit card, and even our Amazon link. If you're doing any last-minute Catholicist shopping, if you're doing it through Amazon, go through that link. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And we get a kickback. You can also go to our merch tab and buy In The Keep t-shirts or whatever merchandise that you so choose. And we'll be adding more to that shop, you know, throughout the course of time as well. So... Definitely go check that out if you would like to support us. Uh, case in point, though, for all that, it goes back into the community. Every dollar that gets sent to us, it's not for me to collect or anything like that. It is for this community. That said, we just finished, like, as of recording, like, maybe an hour or so ago, our first ever Warfork Invitational Dual Cup. This was a worldwide Invitational tournament. We had players from all over the world, like Japan, Estonia... Russia, France, the whole deal. It was just absolutely freaking amazing. And if you were a Warfork person, keep your eyes out for that going into the future. But I want to say congratulations to our third, second, and first place winners. So third place was Onos, a previous uh, King of the Keep. Uh, he won that previously and now it came in third place. Walked away with a whopping $20 or whatever that converts to in his home currency as well as a second place frag stealer who did an amazing job. It was such a pleasure to see him. Walked away with 30 bucks. And our first place winner, Lashaka, who made out with a whopping 50 bucks. And all of that money came straight from your donations. So thank you very much for all that shit. It was amazing. I can't wait to do it again uh, in the new year. So let's talk about this episode. This is a really good one. I was actually surprised that... I got to do this one after a long time of doubts and confusion. So this is Crazy Al and GMT. These guys represent, in this episode at least, Tim Conlan. Uh, Crazy Al is the main organizer. GMT is his, his right-hand man. Uh, GMT is also a phenomenal caster. Crazy Al has been everywhere. He's done everything in the arena shooter community. There's few people I can think of who've as quietly as he has been involved in so many different projects and things. Like, for instance, if you go back and watch a Hoy's Quake documentary, we actually talk about this in the interview a bit, but, you know, he's the guy playing against against Ahoy in the videos, or Stuart, I guess would be a better thing to call him. But he's also, he was in the feature film E-Hero, which is a kind of tournament drama movie uh, featuring Reflex Arena, Crazy Al runs the AFPS Discord, and you know Tim Con Land is what we're going to mainly talk about here. You know, Tim Con, now if you haven't heard of it, you will soon. But 
is a community-driven arena, FPS-centered LAN party. Uh, it started off in the United Kingdom. I'm actually reading off their website right now in case you were wondering, but you can go check that out yourself. Uh, they've recently moved it to the Netherlands, but it was just, you know, like one of these things that was just started by a small group of like four or five people and has since then become something much bigger. It's still a very intimate LAN, and they've covered a lot of shit. I mean, they've done some really cool stuff, uh, keeping a lot of games competitive alive. And in this case, we're going to talk a little bit about their uh, recent one, which featured a CPMA tournament and a cough, cough, diabolical tournament. So you're going to hear a lot about that in this interview. I really hope you enjoy it. All that said, the music this week was provided by Smile Scythe. It is a track called Gas List. You can go check him out over on SoundCloud. I will provide the link in the episode notes. And without any further ado, let's get in the keep with Crazy Al and GMT. Organizer for Tumcon and GMT. Uh, I am GMT, otherwise known as Joel. I assist in the organization of Tumcon, sometimes a little bit more than others, and uh, I'm an FPS commentator. Fantastic. So, how long have you guys been up to this? Tell us the whole story. How did Tumcon come to be? Oh, everything? I don't know. When was the first one? It was either 2015 or 2016. Uh, I want to say 16. So we we just had the eighth edition and we've done two a year since its inception. Um, Yeah, so it's coming up for four years now. I think three and a half actually is, you know, the actual mark. Um, Yeah, a little while. And the the idea of TimCon 1 is much older than TimCon 1 itself. Yes, very much so. Um, So TimCon 1 and 2 started in a little flat uh, apartment if you will, uh, which was actually owned by a guy called Tim, and that's how it gets <laughs> the name, which you, you just asked earlier, yeah. So Tim had a flat, and he was like, all right, lads, let's come down and have a have a LAN, and we'll play some games. And that's how it started. Basically, and we called it Tim Con LAN just because we weren't thinking that it was going to grow any bigger than that. Yeah, it was just sort of a tongue-in-cheek way of referring to it. Like, because of course it's not a convention, think, and it's I hardly think, a land. Yeah, it was at that point anyway. It was a uh, uh, five of us, right? Me, it, you. It was well, four. It was four, and the, and Timcon one, and then five at Timcon two. Yeah. No, no, no. Five. Quark's Martin, Tim, me, and you, mate. Oh yeah, right. Six okay. at Timcon two because we added uh, Christus, who you may remember from a I previous the podcast. Yeah, Christus is awesome. I really enjoyed just hanging out with him for like a long time too. He was so generous with all of his time that day basically because we got on we did like the whole gameplay part of it where i did the stream with him and then did the podcast and then we also talked for quite a bit otherwise it's just really helpful and and i'm really glad to see that doombringer is uh kind of making a wave now yeah we love doombringer um how long have you guys been doing that oh i don't know uh 2015 i think is the first time i played doombringer 
Right. Yeah, and I, I would have been shortly after. Alan was who introduced me to Christus and uh, then Doombringer as well. And the first time I launched Doombringer, I can remember my initial thoughts were, what the fuck is this shit that he sent me? <laughs> what is this garbage? And, you know, over time it grew on me, obviously. It's one of my favorite games now. Uh, among Arena FPS, it is by far. Yeah. Yeah. So with the TimCon deal, has it always been just strictly arena first person shooter oriented or were there other things involved? Um, yeah, I would say it's always been about arena FPS because that's what yeah. brought us all together in the first place. Don't get me wrong. We did play right. some other games. I think you played um, like Smash, maybe. And okay. yeah, I mean, we've dabbled in a lot of things. Like it's a, a group of friends, like first and foremost at this point. But we all uh, met through Reflex, I believe. Uh, certainly, yeah. how I met everyone. And so that's the thing. Like TimCon used to be this group of five people, uh, and then six, but it's since sort of turned into its own thing. And it's really Alan that's taken the reins on that, uh, and it's you know a sort of distanced from that group. Well, it was um, we so we were talking about doing the next um plan after TimCon 2 and we sort of wanted to do it bigger so we're talking about like renting a hall and doing you know BYOC and stuff like that and then I found this place nearby where I lived uh, in Liverpool uh, called Horizon Esports Club which you know was just an esports cafe or a a PC cafe gaming cafe whatever you want to call it and I was just like why don't we go here and we can invite a bunch of people that we know you know, from like extended group groups of friends and stuff like that. And yeah, that's just kind of how it grew. Well, I don't really know what to compare this to because like I, my land experience is totally not there. I was surprised, like you guys are talking about playing other games. I was surprised when I got to QuakeCon, like 50% of the people at QuakeCon probably are not and have never played Quake at all. <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of like, you know, anime on the, on the walls being projected and everything. But, and that's a huge, like corporate event it's not even 10 percent. yeah 10 percent quick 90 percent con yeah right precisely so and so so tim con's quite different in that it, it very much is a land party first and foremost we run tournaments yeah. but it's about people that have maybe met online and known each other for a long time finally getting the chance to meet mm-hmm. uh, and just finding an excuse for it right that's certainly how it began you know we were people that spoke on discord every night for a year or two yeah. I was yeah. like, well, this is a bit silly that we haven't put any faces to the name, especially when we all lived so close. Uh, but Tim Con is still very much in that spirit, even if it's not the same people. It's uh, just about getting together, and it just so happens that we're joined by Arena FPS games. Well, there's the, the competitive aspect, too. I mean, it, at some point, if this keeps growing, it's going to be like Tim Con winner of the year. Like, people will be putting that on their you know resumes. Like, I, I won the CPM tournament or whatever. Some people already have, actually. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some awesome. people are making a tidy little living from yeah, yeah actually. You know, but when you take into consideration the uh, conversion rates and stuff like that, going to the, some of these um, uh, Eastern European countries, the uh, great the great British pound goes a long way. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um. Well, I guess we should just start talking about the actual games themselves. So I, I've got your. Website pulled up here. I'm looking through all the different games that you guys advertise that you play. And I say advertise for a reason that we'll get to later. But, you know, Quake Live, Warsaw, Reflex, Quake Champions, Doombringer. There's been, we already mentioned the CPM championship that just happened. 
Um, why specifically these games? Like, you know, there are a lot of arena shooters out there. These are definitely more popular ones for, you know, most people. But re- let's go ahead and talk about because, Al, I mentioned this on the podcast with Christus. Reflex, this is a game I am not super... Uh, at the time that I wrote that article, I was not familiar with. And in America, at least, Reflex feels like it's a non-factor anymore. And it kind of sucks to yeah, feel a I game mean, that's that beautiful and that well-polished not get played. So can you talk on that? I mean, we can we can talk all day about why Reflex didn't get, you know, a good, a good amount of players. And there, are, like I say, there are many, many reasons to, to consider yeah. why why that's the case. Um, it really just comes down to the fact that it's an arena FPS game, and that alone <laughs> it makes yeah. it hard enough. You know what I mean? Because I mean, when you look outside uh, the bigger arena, like so, when I say bigger arena FPS games, I'm obviously saying Quake games. So when you look outside of Quake games and you go to some of the more niche, niche within a niche within a niche, and so on and so forth, um, like uh, let's say Zonotic or not so much Warsaw because Warsaw has been along, been around for a long time. It's had a lot of players. I mean, so is Zenotic, really. But yeah, I mean, it just didn't. I mean, the fact that it it was a clone of CPME as well. So yeah. that already, you know, seventeen players and all that nonsense. That just makes it harder for them. And then you know, people at the time wanted. Um, they didn't. They didn't just want air control. They didn't just want CPM movement. People wanted VQ3 and stuff and and reflex. I can remember watching, um, like the the pre-alpha gameplay that they showed before they ever released the game. And obviously, the first question that someone asks is, "Can we play VQ3? And is it going to have multiple, you know, rule sets? Is it going to include? Is it going to have gameplay for everyone? Basically, and the answer was no. <laughs> The answer was it's going to be like CPM, and you know that from the get go makes it very hard. And then there's multiple things across the game's life that happened that you know made people leave or people weren't happy with, and you know just, just shit happens, man. <laughs> but I mean, at one point it was it was featured in a movie, wasn't it? Didn't you? Yeah, I believe you told me that. Yeah, E Hero. Okay, it's a good, it's a good movie. <laughs> I'm I'm in it actually. Oh yeah, so they they did a bunch of um. Well, obviously they recorded. There's like thirty minutes out of the whole movie, like the whole. I think it's like ninety minutes in total, maybe a bit longer. And about thirty minutes of that is gameplay, like actual in-engine gameplay, and that was all you know recorded by a whole bunch of community members. Um. Actually, Kovac was, um, he was on point for most of that, like, organization-wise. So, so, so you're the first uh, movie star we've ever had on the show. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I don't know if I would say movie star. Oh, wow. Alan, you are also in Ahoy's Quake retrospective, don't forget. Oh, yeah. That is true, yeah. <laughs> um, what else? What else? What else? What, what did you do ex- specifically, if you want to share that for the Ahoy part? What did I do? Like for the video? Yeah. Um, I just played. Yeah. I just played Quake with him, really. That was it. Uh, I watched the whole thing the other day and I was like, oh, that's his name. Cool. But yeah, I've I've known Ahoy for almost 10 years now. We used to play Call of Duty together. Best videos. 
yeah, no, he's he's amazing, and he needs he needs a he needs a Netflix series or an or an Amazon Prime series or something, man. Seriously, he's so good. But yeah, I've known him for about ten years. We used to play Call of Duty together on Xbox, and I got into Quake in like 2011. And then it, obviously he mentioned that he was making a Quake video, and I'm like, I'll help you record, you know, footage for it if you want. And I did, and yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> we can go ahead and talk about this year's event, which you guys had the CPM tournament and another tournament, and I'll let you kind of speak on your own behalf because it's just kind of recently been made public what happened in the background there. Yeah, so this year at TimCon, we did a CPMA tournament, which we've done for the past couple of times. We love CPMA at TimCon, and the... CPMA players are very, very dedicated. So we're going to support oh. them as much as we can going forward because, you know, it's um, it's not exactly a growing uh, community. So, you know, I imagine at some point we're going to drop it, but we'll always pack it back up. We'll come back to it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's always going to be there. And also we had a diabolical tournament um, courtesy of uh, the good studio, the Alettas, they gave us access uh, to the game for that period and let us let us run a little tournament for it. Uh, mostly for their for their sake, you know, they wanted to. Um, it's like a test bed for them, isn't it, to see how you know the game plays online and yeah, just uh, I don't know. GMT, help me. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> yeah, so running the Diabotical tournament, um, it's as much for them as it is for us, but of course, it's like privilege and an honor and really exciting for yes. the attendees of TimCon to get their hands on it um and you know so we, we've got sort of a relationship with those guys and it, it's cool because it's a real stress test right when you have people playing for some money really a lot of people practice beforehand um, but maybe more seriously than you'll see in most arena fps scenes um and you know they get to test on different setups so it really is uh, a nice uh i don't know what, what you'd call like symbiotic relationship um but then we, we keep the cpm in there and one of the things that i want to say about that community is not only are they so dedicated to that game but they're so dedicated to coming to LAN, right which sounds strange yeah. but when we've run other events in the past you know it's been more lo- the local lads that have shown up whereas the cpm community they love a LAN, uh they mm-hmm. love each other and i think that's why it is one of the coolest games to run at the moment. So uh, people people used to ask us. Uh, pe- people used to ask us. Sorry to interrupt you there, Joe. Go for it. Um, why don't we do? Why haven't we had Zenotic? Because we've never we've never had Zenotic at LM. We've never done uh, Quake World. Um, although we should have done Quake World. I don't know why we haven't. Um, maybe we'll do that in the future. But yeah. Um, so basically, we run. We did do Reflex, and then eventually we dropped it, and we haven't come back to it. Same with Warsaw. Uh, the thing is, people don't show up for these games. These games communities are so small and dead, mostly at this point. Obviously, not so much these days with Warfork coming out. Um, but people don't really show up for these type these games specifically. So, right. But I think it's interesting I, because it's not like the CBM player base is actually that much bigger. They're just more willing to show up to LAN. Yeah, they are just more dedicated. And I think that's. It's sort of the key when when we're looking at the game selection. If you want to look at Timcom one, two, three, 
But it's a lot about what we wanted. So I'm a huge fan of Warsaw. Uh, and of course, we love Doombringer. So maybe that gets more spotlight than, you know, it would uh, among other people. Yeah, um, yeah. But now it's very much, what are the games we should run for the Arena FPS community at large? And so we've run Quake Champions because, well, it was new and people were playing it. And, you know, it made sense. And we've stopped running it because people don't really like it and they're already well served by the pro scene. It was also so, a bit of a nightmare online. Oh, absolutely was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can uh, do a bit of a story time on that. But we're really selecting the games to serve the need, um, whether, whether people want a lamp, more so than, you know, selecting a game because we like it anymore or, or because, you know, we can get the most viewers on. Yeah. Now, I deal with this a lot kind of in the Discord as people, new people join, you know, have heard the podcast or whatever. And the Discord is ran by, you know, not just me, but several different people. And they ask, like, hey, why don't you guys, you know, have XYZ games in there? And the answer is, like, it's really up to the people who run the Discord, which is 11 or 12 different people. Uh, what do they want to see? And what do we feel like is worth our time? As you said, with uh, choosing what games is going to be in TempCon, like, Synodic. Are people really going to show up for a land for Xenotic and actually are you going to be able to have enough players to really put on an event for it? Like that's all things you have to take into consideration. Um, we've been really lucky with Warfork lately. You know, people really seem to want to show up for that game. And these are online tournaments, which is much easier to do than what you guys are doing. Right. And we are geographically um, limited. You know, of course, it's a land, but also we, we have the venue. Uh, we we mm-hmm. have an old venue. We've got a new one. And we're pretty happy with that. Right. So we're somewhat inflexible in that happy. sense. Oh yeah, the, the new venue is superb. Um, and it just so happens that that location really works for the CPM community as well. Um, or just know, just Europe in general, like um, the Netherlands is such a central, easy yep. place to get to for everyone, really, I think. Very well connected for all of West. Pretty easy for Eastern Europe. And honestly, even hopefully one day, we'll, we'll have someone from even further uh, afield Maybe someone from the US. Um, I mean, I've I've, sp- I've spoken to, to people. I've spoken to people from the US and even Australia that have been very interested yeah. in coming. Obviously, in the end, they haven't made it, but you know, one of these days, one of them are, is going to do it. So, I think the but farthest it's a good location, even for that. Yeah, because, definitely. Because Amsterdam is such a large airport, and uh, it's one yeah. of the biggest airports in the world. Yeah, I think the farthest we've had someone travel is. Um, I think Kane from the Czech Republic. Maybe. We've had uh, like yeah, south they, of Austria as well before, right? Simcon 3. Uh, yeah, uh, ASIC came from... That was amazing. Because they drove. Yeah, ASIC and a guy called Mech from Germany, they drove for like two days to come to Timcon. So ASIC drove from Vienna to... Uh, I don't know exactly where Mech's from. and Somewhere in Germany. And then they met up and then drove. They both drove uh, from there to, you know, uh, Liverpool, the UK, and they ended up sleeping on the side of the road and shit. It was awesome. Maybe not that awesome for them, but to hear about it when they got there was pretty cool. <laughs> like, that's dedication, man. I had to take a bus and I was annoyed at that. You know? Yeah. These guys drove for two days. And that's one of the really cool things in, in recent years. Um, TimCon gets more international every time, and of course a new venue helps that massively. Yeah. Right, and um, twice a year, it makes it even more accessible, I, I suppose, than you know, most, most right. of these events are you know, annually or whatever. And you, If it keeps yeah, growing, as you guys said, making money off of it and things like that, you could probably 
get you would go more often if you chose to. Well, so f- so far, uh, Tim Collins has been non-profit, which I kind of right. want to keep it that way because I'm I'm not about that life really. <laughs> I just want to. Yeah, I wouldn't so, say make a profit for yourself or any like yeah. no one person, but if you could take any money that it did generate and put it towards more Timcon or more, uh, we do get all, all of our um, uh, prize pools are crowdfunded, right? Well. Okay. So we get donations from people, people who are coming to the land or people who just want to support the land. Uh, we've had a whole bunch of donations from a lot of people uh, yeah, over the I, over the years. It comes to mind especially, and I, I want to mention them, Panic Borker for the CPM community. Lola Gray yeah. as well, always been a big supporter. Panic Borker has put over a thousand euros oh, into Timcon, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, absolutely. Got, um, props to that guy. And I think that's the correct model is not here's a dollar amount that everyone has to pay because, like, there will be people who really want to come, but if they have to pay like $300 ticket for some you know, shit like that, they wouldn't. But if someone else is like, hey, I want to throw a thousand euros at it. And that yeah. covers them and several other people and makes the event better for everyone. That's right. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So we, we are thinking of like some revenue uh, generation uh, models, mm-hmm. I guess, but yeah, it, it's all reinvested. It's, it's all Correct. going back into TimCon in some way or another. Not so much to put it on because TimCon runs a, a no loss either. It's nonprofit right. because the, the money we've always done it is a direct interface from attendee to the, um, the venue. It doesn't really go through us. Um, which means everyone pays for their own, uh, and you know that cost is what it is. And we don't add anything, but we we might change that a bit because we have some ambitions about what TimCon can be, and uh, you know that might take a little bit extra money. Yeah, we're gonna start selling t-shirts and shit like that, and yeah. maybe put a little That's bit on the on the ticket price, and just to to funnel that back into the event to pay for things like you know hiring someone to come out and manage the stream. Because if anyone's if anyone's listening to this and they've ever watched the TimCon stream. They'll know that it's not <laughs> that great. Uh, watching TimCon live isn't, hasn't been good in the past. I'll I'll right. be honest uh, because um, because everyone who's at the, at the land is there playing games, is there having fun, and we don't really have a lot of time to you know manage the stream as well. We always we always have a stream, and I always try my best to have games on the stream. But you know sometimes you're just having fun and you forget, or you know. It's, yeah, it, I mean, like, so always... I've definitely, I, I was supposed to run a stream a few times, but then, you know, you have a late dinner or a late lunch. Yeah. You get yeah. busy just talking to these people that you only get the opportunity to see twice a year. Um, these things happen. But yeah, so we, we, we definitely want to upgrade things on that front and make it a better experience for the online viewer. So if anyone's listening who can run a stream or any other, any, anything else and wants to help out, you know, feel free to contact me or GMT. On that note, it's what we've seen in the recent years of QH Land is like, you know, it's always been that community driven thing and there hasn't always been like a big production or a stream or anything like that. But with the basically Tasty Splain just kind of taking over, documenting the entire thing, it has been <clears throat> such a fantastic viewer experience. And over yeah. time, you guys will figure that stuff out. Like, it's only been a few years. QH Land's been going right. on forever. Like, and I think also, Icon, same thing. You know, w- we're still trying to keep that same feel of just a bunch of people meeting up and, you know, we happen to play some video games, but, uh, I mean, certainly I am sort of feeling that there are some things I want to change about TimCon in that sense. Like I want to put more effort into the stream. Maybe mm-hmm. it means I don't get to do as many of the things I want to do. And I think, you know, Alan's sort of the same persuasion that there's a few things we can do better. 
Um, and maybe that you know that's a better overall experience for everyone. Although it's going to take some small sacrifice on our front. And of course, to aspire to something like Jahada's with Tasty Spleen, um, it seems quite out of reach at the moment. But unless we get Jahada, maybe one day, you know, unless we get Jahada, awesome. of course, or who someone is very like welcome him. to come. Yeah, we do. Uh, we love Jahada. Always have. Everyone, everyone does, man. He just won the award for like most, you know, all around community member in the entire Quake community. Most, I can't think of anyone more deserving. That's what yeah. I said. Like, <laughs> and, um, and that's the thing to so many communities, right? I mean, he was big in, um, like, obviously, he does a lot of Doom stuff, the Quake Champions Doom mod, uh, these smaller things. And then he served us very well with, with Doombringer. Um, yeah. All the best Doombringer streams have been Tasty Splint streams. Yeah. Pretty much, sure, if, it's got, if it's got rockets and jibs, you can pretty much find Jahara there somewhere. <laughs> I, I really hope one day someone makes a proper successor to Action Quake just for him. Yeah. He that would be it. really, really cool. Like, Action Quake 2 is one of the most interesting things I've seen. Um, and all of my, all the stuff that I've seen in arena shooters, I was like, wow, this is crazy. But obviously, there's no one really playing it right now, that, at least not right. near me. But I would like to get that spun up. That'd be fun. <laughs> I like these trophies you guys have too. They're really neat looking, like mm. metal ah, I've works of been, art. I've always been pretty proud of the trophies, to be honest. Yeah, let, um, let's talk about the trophy history. So we, yeah. we start. Um, I've we'll got start one. Sorry, I've got one right now. I know you've got just one. <laughs> just wanted to tell anyone, everyone, I've got one. Yeah, go on. That's a Tim Conlan winner, Alan himself. Now, Alan, you did win that, Tim Con. I believe that Tim Con won, right? Yes. Which where is, there were only five people and only four people played, listen, and uh, they were quite bad. We were, they weren't bad. <clears throat> they were hard. Well, I think they were pretty bad. They were hard, they were hard opponents. I had to play Tim. Were, the one of them was me. In the world. I is a jammy bastard, I'll give you that. Um, so the, the, the trophy starts... Is the first one a wooden spoon, or is it... No, it's no, just no, like no. a really shitty ribbon, isn't it? No, no, no. The first one is cut out from a cereal box. It's just a piece oh, of yeah, boards yeah, and yeah. the shape of and a, right. a very crude shape of a trophy. <laughs> it says <laughs> Tim Conlan Quick Live Champion 2016. And I think we yeah. did like three of these. I think Quarks might have gotten one for Reflex. Yeah, and then... No, I think it was only two games of Tim Conlan. In terms of a tournament. Anyway. I say tournament. Again, five people. Only four people played. But... uh Humble beginnings for Tim Con, and then Tim Con Two, I believe, is the wooden spoon, right? No, no, we didn't have wooden spoons until we well, didn't have... until I don't know. Tim Con Three is where things get serious, right? Yeah. So, so, so Tim Con Three, Tim we, Con Legend, Tim Con Three, no, we didn't make. Um, all right, sorry, I'll let you do your thing, Joel. Go on. Okay, Tim Con Legend, nerves, winner of I believe two quick live tournaments at Tim Con, multiple second place, very very highly decorated player. Uh, he turns up with three. WMOs. Three little statuettes, one painted in bronze, one in silver, and one in gold. He ended up going away with only one of those, and it wasn't the gold one. We thank him very much, and you know, if we can get some pictures either linked in the description or shown, that would be wonderful. Really, really, really cool stuff. Um, and then TimCon 4 is the, the first of the metalworks, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it was. That was the one we, uh, we commissioned from a guy, <laughs> and I shit you not. Andre the Blacksmith. If you've ever played Dark Souls, you'll know you'll know that name. But that was his name. It's a blacksmith called Andre, and he made that um, huge, ugly, 
silver looking trophy. <laughs> it was cool though, it was cool. And and then is it TimCon five or a little bit later that Lonnie gets involved? Uh I think it may have been five. Um I don't know, I don't have any <laughs> pictures. Hold on, let me just check. Well we'll we'll, we'll definitely find them. So yeah, there's like a long history of trophies at TimCon. Um, yeah, yeah. The Tim, other thing, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, so TimCon 5 is when Lonnie, uh, Alan's girlfriend, gets involved, uh, who works in the Navy, right? Uh, is, she, uh, was, she was in the Navy. She isn't anymore. Right. Uh, she's but pretty handy with, with, a, yeah, with welding, right? Um, and so we have these beautiful metal works. One of them is like the, uh, the glass from a submarine, right? One of the windows? It's, uh, yeah, it's porthole glass from a ship. So, um, right. Um, my girlfriend's dad has a workshop down on the docks in Liverpool, which is, you know, very, uh, what's, what's the words I'm looking for here? A lot of history down on those docks. Um, yeah. It's a very old city, so there's loads of shit down there. Um, so, yeah, one of the trophies was made out of a, a bit of porthole, a glass from a porthole on a ship that was about 200 years old that's just been, you know, in the bottom of a dock for fuck knows how long. And um, some of the other metal, like pieces of metal, were quite old stuff from ships that were just salvaged, basically, from the water, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, I believe the unfortunate fact is that in the era of the really, really good trophies, which is when Lonnie was making, uh, one man won all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lupin. Lupin uh, another Tim legend. Yeah. Actually done pretty well for himself in Quake Champions as well. Uh, really, really good player. Just very solid. But yeah, he's got, well, an so entire bedroom he, he at this took, point. He took the big, uh, ugly one from Timcon 4. And he took yeah. the two trophies from Timcon 5. And I don't and he, think... He took Timcon 6 as well. No, uh, he wasn't at Timcon 6. I don't no, think. He... No, Mate, I, I, so many I don't think so. He, well, he's not on the group photo, at least. So I don't think right. it was. Well, he's taken all of the coolest trophies, in my opinion. Um, but then the other thing that's also a bit of a tradition started at TimCon 2 is the, the bottle pop. So <laughs> as with any good sport, uh, be, it, be it StarCraft or Formula One, you've got to pop some champagne. Yep. And uh, we've been doing that for a little while. Yeah, it's a we lot found, of fun. There's some good videos out there. We found a couple of bottles of champagne in uh, Tim's kitchen. And me, <laughs> me being already half drunk, I was like, there's no I'm way. Scottish. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, there's no way we are not popping one of these bottles tonight, seriously. So, yeah. you know, we did, and it was, it became tradition after that. I say tradition; we haven't done it for a while. But um, no, we did it. No, we've just missed one. Yeah, I think right, one, but I think we're never missing one. it again. It's <laughs> absolutely crucial to the brand at this point. Those videos will go down in infamy. Uh, but it's always a really nice moment, as I say, like. One of the coolest things about TimCon is people that have known each other for a long time meeting, but then we also get sort of these groups of friends that then, well, they're forced to mingle, funnily enough. And so it's always quite a tender moment when we have to say goodbye. And, uh, well, the champagne pot is uh, a really, really nice way of commemorating. Yeah, the the champagne pot has to be thinking of the Indy 500 because you guys said early on it was cut out, the, the trophies were cut out from a cereal box, if I understood oh, correctly. We don't do milk. Yeah. We don't do milk. Oh, come on. Like, because you could do cereal and milk. Like, <laughs> you saw that one coming a mile off, didn't you, Joe? Of course I did. Yes. We, we might do some soy milk. I don't know. But as, as long as I'm organizing, no cows will be harmed at TimCon. Ve- vegan, eh? Massively. That, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that, like, yeah, if it's soy milk or almond milk, I don't 
it just cereal and milk would be funny. That's it. Yeah. Maybe. I want to hurt any cows. We'll see. Okay. Wonderful. So, oh, let's see. What else did I want to bring up? Oh, yeah. I did want to talk. I did want to get you guys to at least share as much as you feel comfortable and legally or, you know, respectfully can about the diabolical event and what your impressions were. I'm not going to ask anything specific because that's for um, too good to do on his own. Well, everyone had a great time. Everyone who that's played good. Diabolical okay. loved it. And I think it's going to yeah. be a fantastic game when it comes out. I think, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed. Um, Just the thumbs up. Yeah, pretty much. The tournaments ran smoothly. There were no major issues uh, with the game, even with it being in an alpha state. Um, mm-hmm. uh, last time, uh, Timcon 7, we did have some problems, but the game has come a long way since then. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think what I would say mostly mirrors what James said on uh, his stream where he revealed, uh, he played like the Timcon Grand Final, uh, the most recent one. And I think the, what he said about some of the new mechanics in Duel, like the Golden Frag, uh, like the dynamic timer, these have all gone down very, very well at LAN and have led to some big moments. You can see some of them in that VOD. Um, and I think the game is progressing very, very nicely. The maps as well, getting a lot better over time. They're really good now. Um, yeah, definitely. Obviously, can't say too much, but even some people that have been pretty cynical about the game in the past, myself included, I, I think we're all pretty optimistic. Oh, yeah, you were, you were very negative about the game. Very, very, uh, yeah. I've told people as much. Um, and yeah, I, I wasn't, you know, overjoyed with a lot of things, but I think the most recent changes have made a world of difference. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for the future. Yes. Well, what were your original kind of like, what, what was off putting in your opinion? I think the- I was just sort of underwhelmed where, okay, so the way that I would put it is one of the big reasons that Diabotical exists or needs to exist is because there isn't an Arena FPS game with adequate infrastructure in, in terms of the things you expect of modern games, like match Yeah, so I, I mean, StarCraft. realistically, sorry to butt in, but the, realistically, the last, yeah, the last good Arena FPS game was made in 1999. And there, exactly, there right? have it's been so, very minimal changes to that game and right. the, the clones of that game since then in terms of infrastructure. Yeah, and so that's what I'm getting. Like, Diabotical promised the infrastructure. But to me... It didn't really do anything else, which as someone who has already gotten over the hurdles and plays these games quite happily, doesn't matter. Like, it didn't do anything for me. I've already got my friends I deal with. The fact that you've given me matchmaking is such a small deal to me, and I really like the community. I don't really care if it's bigger. Uh, but the most recent changes, as I say, those two really crucial, crucial ones in Duel, the Dynamic Timer and the Golden Frag, to me, that's everything right there. And so I now have real faith in this being a unique and serious iteration upon the genre, rather than something that just brings convenience. Yeah, and to to talk about you know other than Jewel, because let's be honest, Jewel's a bit shite, lads. <laughs> Jewel's a bit rubbish, isn't it? Uh, team modes. Uh, I'm sure anyone who's watched this has followed Diabolical has saw the uh, Wipeout streams that mm. Too Good has done, and let me tell you, Wipeout is a fantastic mode. It's literally you know what they did, right? They took Clan Arena, probably the most popular Arena FPS mode that has existed, you know, uh, Rocket Arena or Clan Arena, whatever you want to call it. They took that mode, right? And they put fun in it. They made it fun. That Actual was Actual fun. That's all they did. It's fucking genius. 200 IQ move it's right more there. more than a name trainer now. Yeah. <laughs> they took Clan Arena and they made it fun. And it's a fucking great mode. 
Some folks I, I playing think... Warfork have already figured out how to like kind of recreate that mode in it, and it seems to be really, really, really cool. Just you know, and it's not even in the game it was designed for. So I'm really looking forward to what what comes of Wipeout in the public. Yeah. I kind of expected that uh, when they when they first started talking about it uh, publicly, like yeah. you know the specifics of what is Wipeout. Um, so I'm I'm glad that you know people have already tried it out and gone, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And that's that's what I'm most looking forward to about Diabolical. I mean, I I could I could um, give or take, Joe. You know what I mean? I don't care about one v one. I mean, it's very interesting spectator spectator sport. Yeah. I like to watch it. It's fantastic. But team modes for me are where it's at. I love team modes and wipeout. I the fact that I'm going to be able to load up the game, quick play wipeout, and within hopefully within a couple minutes, I'll be in a game. That's that's the dream right there, man. That's a real FPS dream. And obviously, as well, they're going to do CTF and this thing called MacGuffin that we don't even know what that is yet, so don't even ask. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even know what MacGuffin is. Um, I'm looking forward to whatever that's going to be. Um, CTF is also, you know, classic, classic mode that, you know, everyone enjoys. And uh, hopefully some good TDM. I'm I'm very excited to see how they're going to change up TDM if they decide to change up. They haven't really. I mean, they've showed a little bit of TDM, I think, but nothing major. And yeah, so one v one. Sorry, go on. Like I have a lot of faith at this point because of what they've done to Fuel and what they've done with Wipeout without making these small changes to very proven formulas. Uh, and so far, it's all good, right? Um. So yeah, that, I'm much more excited. And- that we are seeing these, even if they do seem small on surface, really, really transformative uh, changes. I think that's where a lot of the fun is. They're not trying to uh, reinvent the wheel, mm. which is promising. I know. I guess it's like <clears throat> uh, if you played Dota One, right, when League of Legends came out or something, like that, and it's like, yeah, it's sort of the same shape, but it's so significantly different. It alienates a lot of people. That's not happening. You know, it's not still very much arena FPS. Mm. It really is pretty not objective, but like really, really solid, quite obvious upgrades in so many ways. Hmm. Was there anything else you guys wanted to share just about yourselves or the land in general? Anything at all? Uh, you should come to it. Yeah. I would Tim very much like to. Co.uk. Yeah, timconland.co.uk. Um, that, there you can What's find. The there you can find links to our, you know, YouTube, Twitter, Discord, all that good stuff that you can keep up to date. Uh, I don't know exactly right now when the next land's going to be because I also want to give a, give a shout out to uh, I think it's Good Luck Have Fun or GLHF land, which is happening in uh, I think April in Helsinki in Finland. Um, so yeah, I think it's around April. That's around the time we normally would do. Uh, TimCon, but since you know they've got their thing going on, we're going to give them some space and let them, you know, yeah. let them do their thing on that. So we'll probably have ours a little bit, a little bit after that. Uh, but like I said, if you want to follow, follow all the stuff, you'll find you'll, you know, I'll give a, a notification when, when we have dates and that sorted out. So yeah, please come check us out. Um, you'll definitely enjoy it. GMT. Uh, I don't think I have much more to add. Like, yeah, just come. You know, if you see, you know, if you like what you see, 
Uh, and I think you will. It's been a really good time thus far, and it just gets better and better. Move to this no- new location. And I, I oh, think yeah. Should we, should we talk about that a little bit? We haven't really mentioned that. Oh, maybe we should. Yeah. Take all the yeah. time you want. I, I'm not cutting you off. <laughs> Most people don't want to talk for more than an hour. So we used to, uh, right. we, we, we were in a place called Horizon Esports that we mentioned earlier. Horizon Esports Club, which was, um, I suppose it was like a little small, it was kind of small place in Liverpool. Um, they um, they closed their doors recently to sort of remodel, and I think they're actually reopening pretty soon. But we decided to move away from there for a couple of different reasons. And um, we found a place called Esports Game Arena. Very creative name. Um, and a little town called Alphen and the Rhine in, in the Netherlands, which is like sort of halfway between Amsterdam and Rotterdam. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> anyway, so we found that yeah. through uh, a, a Tim Conn alumni, Worcester Wessel, a Dutch man. Um, Actually, it was uh, it was Vu who suggested the place on ah. Yes Reality when uh, Zero Sawyer made a post about doing a, a CPM, made a post about doing a CPM LAN in Europe. And I think Vu was, oh. Vu recommended that place because he played there before for some Quake Champions event. Wow. Thanks to him. Yeah, who did show but, up? Uh, yeah. Who did show up at the event as well? And he was. We were talking about, um, you know, the the venue and stuff. So yeah, he was he was happy that we came here because you know, like I say, he suggested it in the first place. Yep. Uh, and the new venue is great for a few reasons. So the location being one, Liverpool, as much as it is one of the nicest and most wealth connected cities in the UK, uh, the UK is a little bit of a nightmare to get around. Yeah, and flying island. anywhere. Outside of London is a fucking nightmare for most people. My understanding um, is that a lot of Europeans, like, you know, they have to get a visa. It creates an extra step for them to get into the UK now. Uh, it will no. in a couple of years. At the well, moment, no. Hopefully not. Well, hopefully not. But uh, uh, no, actually, like, as long as you're in uh, the Shenzhen zone or Schengen zone, you're good. Um, yeah, there's, there's freedom of movement. You know what I mean? Right. But Liverpool is a bit of a pain to get to, even for people in the UK. Like, I was spending £180 uh, to get a return ticket to Liverpool from where I live in Reading. Yeah, the train, the train prices fly, in this country are insane. They are. They're absurd. Whereas I can fly to Amsterdam for £20. Um, and obviously, for people in Europe, it's much the same. It's how much easier. So the location is great. But it's, it's not in Amsterdam. It's not in the centre. It's in Elfen and Rhine. And it's this nice, quaint, quiet, but still very convenient place to be cheap to get to uh the, the accommodation is very well priced and then the venue itself is great so before we had a room of 20 pieces and that was it and you know you had the rest of liverpool to play and it was cool but now we've got a bar we've got pool tables uh there's uh, like a racing sim setup got we've got VR. a dedicated streaming room we're going to use they've got vr um there's so many things going for it, and I think it really plays into the the atmosphere and the ethos that Tim Con is supposed to have, which is a bunch of people meeting, and you know it's a social casual get together, and it just lends so well to that purpose. Um, yeah, it's got a bar. I'll be there one day. I'm coming. Like if that if that to. remains the case, like this is amazing. I'm yeah, that's. Really... That, I mean, that's really the first question that everyone asked: Is there a bar? Yeah. Like when it was Horizon, is there a bar? No. Are we allowed to drink inside? No. And everyone's a bit disappointed. But I mean, it's we were in the center. Stop no, it didn't, didn't fucking stop anyone. 
uh, we were in the centre of Liverpool and there was bars aplenty on the doorsteps, so it wasn't that much of a problem. But now it's literally in the same venue and holy shit, man, the beer in the Netherlands is so cheap. So cheap, it's disgusting. Like Pretty good too? Yeah, it's good. Okay. I went, uh, you said so cheap, it's disgusting, and then he said it's pretty good. And I was no, like, I mean, disgusting, disgustingly cheap. Yeah. yeah. When you come back home, you pay like over like a like a fiver for a pint, and then over there it's like I don't know three four euros after that. Mate, you want to treat big? I'd South Korea, mate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was a I was a fun two weeks. Nice. A, lot of, a lot of cheap beer. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the, the new venue, I think, for me, like Tim Con, I still enjoyed it, but I think a few people had the feeling, you know, they could skip, maybe only go over to one a year. Um. Well, yeah. Because there were some limitations, and you know, it was getting a bit samey. But I think now, with Diabotical on the horizon, with this new venue, with all that's going on, it really is looking better and more hopeful than ever. And uh, I think there's a lot of faith in its growth and uh, its improvement. And you know, me and me and Alan are going to be working hard to make that the case. Yeah, big time. And just to just to piggyback on your point there about it being you know twice a year instead of once a year, like a lot of events. Um. So I wanted to mention this earlier, but I kind of forgot about it but like the um the one of the original inspirations for me for TimCon was um i don't know how much if you've ever really followed fighting game events in the u.s but they do they have a, a fighting game circuit uh like capcom cup and stuff like that where basically there's a whole bunch of different fighting game events in all different regions uh, in america so basically people travel across across the country east to west or you know other way around but so yeah different cities and in different states they have these big events and it's not like a street fighter event it's not like a tekken event they'll have a fighting game event and they'll have street fighter they'll have tekken they'll have uh fucking i don't know all these anime fighters and smash maybe not so much smash they kind of have their own thing i think but um the point yeah. is it's There's not about yeah the point is it's not about any one game it's about the entire genre. Now, yep. in Arena FPS, you have a lot of tribalism. You know, CPMA players don't like um, VQ3 gameplay, vice versa. And there's a lot of trash talking going going on, and that's fine, you know, that's all in good fun. But I sort of wanted to bring everyone together to play Arena FPS games under one roof, you know? And, yep. and kind of the same way that they do with uh, fight, in the fighting game community. Because you go yep. to any fighting game meetup, and it's not like that. Like I said, it's not like this is a Street Fighter event. It's this is a fighting game event, and if you want to come and play fighting games, doesn't matter what you want to play. You know, there will be other people there willing to play it with you. Right, and I think that has been a success. We, we've actually had some. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking particularly of Nerves here, but also yeah. of Gaia and Dansk and uh, players that come from one side of the aisle doing very well in the other just by playing a little bit. And I think we've all we've all had a good time for it, and you know it's interesting the the different approaches and philosophies people have for the different games. Um, yeah, it's been really nice bringing those things together. Yeah, I mean, and that that was the point know. of doing doing two events a year was to not only um, have have more give people more opportunity to come to TimCon if maybe one uh, like if maybe one um, event doesn't suit quite suit their you know schedule. They, all they have to do is wait another six months and there'll be another TimCon. But not only that, but so we can also um, 
have as many games as possible because like i mean we do our event is like four days right and we don't get me wrong we've done four tournaments and four days and that is very hectic you know trying to organize that many tournaments in such a short time so to have two events a year sorry we've learned since then (laughs) (laughs) to have to have two events a year lets us Maybe let's say, oh, we'll play Reflex and Warsaw this time, but next time we'll do Quick Champions and CPM, for example. You know, well, and also it's just such a good time. Why wouldn't we want to do it more? Yeah, exactly. It's like you guys have kind of reworded my own mission statement here. You know, bring everybody under one roof. Don't separate or discriminate based on you know, like I played this game, but not that game. Or even just the bridge between Quake Champions and every other arena shooter. Yeah, except except Unreal Tournament. That game sucks. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I've never played it. I mean, I've played it like one time, but no, I, I've got no hard feelings to uh, UT players, but yeah. it's not my cup of tea. That's all. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. The movement just doesn't mesh with me. <clears throat> I respect it, and it's part of this community just as much as anything else. So, yeah, we, we've run we've run events for games we don't like before. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. None of us liked Quake Champions, but hey, we ran it. I mean, I didn't make Quake Champions. My biggest problem with Quake Champions is that it was just such a nightmare. Like, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know that Quake Champions sends a lot of data uh, back and forth. Um, So, like, we were playing two v two Quake Champions uh, at one event, and people who were playing, um, people who were playing Quake Live on LAN on the other side of the room uh, were lagging on the LAN server. Because Quake Champions was like hogging the fucking network or something, I don't know. But people downstairs uh, who were playing, you know, fucking League of Legends or Overwatch or whatever, were also complaining about lag, and they were playing online. Obviously, Quake Champions is online as well, but that's what I mean. Like, it just completely choked the net- the network, and we really couldn't we we couldn't run another Quake Champions event if we wanted to, which is which was a shame because we did have people turning up who wanted to play Quake Champions, you know. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking about creating a perfect system of any kind, Quake Champions has some extreme entropy. There's a lot of friction. You know, if it were a machine, it would be a gas guzzler. You know, it wouldn't yeah. be efficient. It would be American made. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. It would be. Except I believe the engine was Russian made, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, well, thing. that's that's equally as bad, isn't it? Ah. <sighs> All right. Uh, anything else, you guys? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much everything. Okay. Well, I would agree. That's it. GMT, it's been a pleasure uh, meeting you for the first time ever, and I look you forward too. to uh, getting to know you better in the future as well. Sure thing. Um, Watch. Uh, I'm going to be doing more commentary. All right. Okay. Watch out. And we're going to be yeah. posting. Uh, we're going to be posting some commentary of the Redux of the CPM Grand Finals from Tim Connate because yeah. we may have lost a recording of that. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, w- watch out for that. <clears throat> Fantastic. Stay in touch, man. Seriously. Well done, uh, Al. I'm really glad that uh, for, I want to thank Christus for this, really. But I'm glad that we got a chance to clear the air and just kind of we were meant to be friends all along. Yeah, it was meant to be. I'm really great. I'm grateful. Yeah, me too. Really I'm glad we got to. I, I mean, I really, I really like um, and, and the Keep podcast. I've listened to a bunch of them. You've talked to some really interesting characters. Um, over the time you've been doing it, I, I'm I'm honoured to uh, be on the same platform as some of the other people that you've interviewed. Milton, fuck yeah! I'm <laughs> so proud of that one. Yeah, 
But, nice one. Uh, dude, yeah. Thank you guys so much. And um, I guess this is it. So let's just get out of here. I yeah, don't forget some to, more tea. Don't forget to follow at, at the Tim Conlan on Twitter. I don't often post on Twitter, but I'm going to try and make more of an effort to do it. Plug everything. It's all the social medias. Send it all to me, and I'll make sure that it's in the show notes. For yeah, no worries. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more similar to it, I highly recommend you go over to quakefans.net, look at their front page, and there are several shows that will be featured at the top under podcasts. Uh, definitely go check out Dumas Dead. That is another production of The Keep. It is hosted by Human Bones and Doosome of the Multiplayer Doom Federation, and it is freaking fantastic. A new episode will come out every month. I also recommend you go check out QuakeCast, ran by Dump Truck DS, the trench broom master himself and proprietor of the Quake Mapping community, as well as his co-hosts RC and JCR, both wonderful members of the Quake community in their own right. I hope you enjoy that one. And uh, lastly, we'll go ahead and plug Quake Fans Radio. That's ran by Smango of QuakeFans.net. Every Saturday morning, it's live on YouTube, or you can listen to it later in podcast form. And that's all the latest AFPS news coming at you live every week. Go check it out. Till next time, this is your very own Prophet of the Drowned God, the Motherlode, and we will see you again next week with another chapter. But until then, stay in the keep. Keep.